Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we've got a battle. Dig, dig, dig. Houses versus townhouses versus apartments. Which tend to grow in value the fastest? Now, this is always a popular one, and we have done one on the show before about this, but... Now the data that we shared back in that episode, I don't know, three or four hundred episodes ago, it's a bit old. So I wanted to jump into some new data, update it and crunch it in a different way to make sure that our analysis still holds. Now, Andrew, run us through the traditional thinking, which tends to grow in value the fastest or what do people think grows in value the fastest. So in terms of capital growth, your highest capital growth, the traditional thinking is that that's a house because it's got the most land, next is a townhouse, and then the lowest is an apartment because you're buying airspace. And then when you're thinking about yield, so income versus the purchase price or valuation, it's the opposite way around. Apartments, then townhouses, then lowest yield is houses. And actually, Andrew, that is what we initially wrote in the first version of the Epic Guide to Property (laughs) Investment. We said exactly that, and then we got some data that made us think that maybe it's not as clear-cut as we initially thought. So what I'll do is we'll jump forward to the data we have just crunched, and you can actually find this with all of the graphs on YouTube. We've got a really good video that explains all of this. But here's what I've done. I've said, well, what I really want to know is what is the long-term capital growth rate of each of these assets, houses, townhouses, and apartments? And is there a difference between the long-term capital growth rate between these? Now, if you looked at just a one-year change, you'd see data all over the place. But I've said, well, that's probably not as useful for us as property investors who are making long-term property investment decisions. So what I've done is I've graphed out the 10-year growth rate over the last 18 years, 19 years for each of these. And I'm trying to see, is there a difference between, say, a house and an apartment in terms of these long-term capital growth rates? And so what this gives us is essentially two lines over time. We can look at the growth the annual growth of an apartment versus a townhouse or or a house. And what I can see if we're looking at, say, Auckland City, because I wanted to break it down by city, I can see that houses and townhouses have always had a higher longer-term growth rate than apartments if I'm looking at between 2002 and 2021. And of course, this is using data all the way back to 1992 because we're looking at the 10-year growth rate. Now, I should mention as well that For this wee analysis that we've done, where we've compared houses and townhouses together versus apartments, we're using the king of all data, the (laughs) Rhine's house price index, which means that we can have a lot of confidence in the results that we're getting out from this. So if we were using a lesser quality data, maybe we'd be like, oh, well, are these results any good? No, we're using really good quality data so we can have confidence in these results. Now, Andrew, wrap it up for us. What is the difference between apartments and we're lumping these together, remember, townhouses and houses? So if we look at the percentage with townhouses and houses over apartments, in Auckland, it was 100% of the time, so always. Slam dunk! (laughs) That's what's known as a landslide. And Wellington, 85% of the time. Now, the margin, so the percentage difference worth of growth, in Auckland, it was 3.1% higher with houses and townhouses. So on a million dollar property, that's $31,000. In Wellington, it was 1.7%. So $17,000 on the same million dollar property. Yeah. So just to clarify there as well, that means that if an apartment's growing at say 5% per year, 
then add on that margin of 3.1%, you'd expect those houses and townhouses to be growing at 8.1% per year. If it's in Wellington, it'd be a little bit lower. And so the reason that we've lumped houses and townhouses here together in this instance is really just a practical one, which is in the Ryan's house price index, you can't split it out further than that. You can see what dwellings grew at and you can see what apartments grew at. And so we've split them out, looked at it from that. So we see a pretty slam dunk trend. We know that if townhouses and houses are in the fast lane, then we've got apartments back in the slow lane. They're plodding along, not as quickly, but obviously still growing in value. So now we want to look at townhouses versus houses. Which ones here are growing in value the most quickly? Now the issue here, oh and it's a bugbear of mine, (laughs) is that we can't use that same house price index. We've got to use a lower quality data and we're going to use changes in median sale prices here. Now, just to explain what that means, that means that we're going to look at, well, what was the median sale price of a townhouse in Auckland 10 years ago and what was it today? And then we're going to do that about 400 times over a whole heap of months to see if we can get a slam dunk trend. Because of course, the issue we've got there is that the townhouses that sold 10 years ago are different from the townhouses houses sold today and the houses sold 10 years ago are different from the houses that sold today. But if we repeat this process 400 times and see a whole heap of slam dunk trends, then that might give us some confidence in this analysis. So this is actually a lot stronger data than what we did when we initially recorded this sort of episode, you know, 400 episodes again. Now, what do we see in that instance? Well, we do start to see some trends actually, which is quite quite useful when you're doing a database show, but the <laughs> trends aren't as clear. So when I start mapping out those long-term, yes, Andrew, long-term average capital growth rates, the lines between a townhouse and a house are much closer together. They're moving much more closely together, which suggests that, hey, the capital growth between a house and a townhouse might not actually be that different. Now, Andrew, breakdown of those kind of 400-ish experiments that we've done, comparing the change in value of townhouses and houses, what do we actually see? So houses in Auckland won 96% of the time. So again, almost all of the time, but the margins only 0.6% difference. So a million dollar property, $6,000. So very little difference really. Wellington won 58% of the time. So it's dropped down significantly. That's only just better than half. Yeah. And so the margin there is 0.1, so $1,000 difference. So those lines are running really closely together. And in Christchurch, houses won 71% of the time and the margin is 0.5%. So again, only $5,000 on a million dollar property. And that's over a single year. Over time, of course, that can start to add up. But just to put that in different terms as well, that assumes that, hey, if houses are growing in value at 8% a year in Auckland, that means that a townhouse might grow at 7.4%. So minus off that 0.6%. In Wellington, let's say it's 7% that a house is going to grow at, that means a townhouse is growing at 6.9%. And Christchurch, you know, again, say it's 6% that houses are growing at, then your townhouse is growing at 5.5%. So let's just summarise this up and try and conceptualise. So apartments, of course, are definitely in that slow lane. And we know houses, they're way out front, they're in the fast lane. Now, what's interesting is this really shows that townhouses, although they're growing slower than a house, 
it's only slightly compared to an apartment. So it's not like that townhouses are somewhere in between apartments and houses. Actually, they're just behind, just behind houses in that instance. And there are some cases like Wellington where, you know, townhouses still beat out houses 42% of the time. So in that instance, you're like, well, actually, it's pretty close. But I think what this really suggests for property investors is that when you are comparing a townhouse and a house, you want to weigh up some other options. Because what's important to remember is that you're not going to find a million dollar townhouse sitting right next to a million dollar house. If we're thinking about a place like Auckland, a million dollar townhouse might be in a place like Onehunga, a million dollar standalone house, that might be way out in Papakura or Papatoitoe, an area like that. And so you're wanting to weigh up other factors like location and price. What you might find is that if you've got a million dollars to spend, it might be a better decision in some instances to buy the townhouse that's in a better location rather than the standalone house that's in a worse location. That might not always be the case, but these are the sorts of things that you're going to have to weigh up when you're making your decision. But the thing I like about this is that it really challenges that traditional thinking that it's clear houses are way out front, townhouses are somewhere in the middle, apartments are way out the back. Not necessarily the case. Houses and townhouses, surprisingly, much more close than people think. And I guess this is why a lot of investors do focus on the townhouses and investment because you get that good balance between growth and yield. You know, you get pretty comparable growth, but usually you get a bit of yield because you manage to fit more on your plot of land, which isn't necessarily getting you any more rental income. You know, the interesting thing as well, Andrew, we were talking about this just before Christmas, is that typically, if we flip it the other way and look at yield, We've always thought of apartments as being the highest yield, then townhouses, then houses. What's interesting now when we're evaluating deals that come across our desk is that apartments, if it's a standard one-dwelling apartment as opposed to a multi-income place, generally those apartments aren't necessarily looking like they're getting that much better yield, no. if any better at all, compared to those townhouses. And, and then, of course, if you're sacrificing so much growth, unless you can't afford to get into a townhouse or a house, then it might just be not a great investment. I think that's probably what a lot of yeah. investors at home are thinking, because we're not seeing those substantially high yields. Now, of course, if it's a multi-income property, if it's student accommodation, if it's a dual-key apartment, we are seeing those very, very high yields, but we're really talking about single-dwelling apartments here. Their yields don't appear to be that much better than the likes of a townhouse or even in some instances houses. And you look at the yield and you think, God, that's actually not that great for an apartment. Might as well go and buy a townhouse if that is the uh, situation. Now, I realise as well that talking about graphs and trying to explain them on the podcast is a bit of a mugs <laughs> game, really, because it's the line is going up and the other one's below it. And, you know, it's very hard to explain. Hopefully you're not driving as you do this, trying to imagine it. Well, if you would like to see these again, We've recorded a video which is on YouTube which shows you these graphs. You can have a look at it and make your own assessment of this. I'll drop a link to that down in the show notes. So just tap or swipe over the cover up because it'll be in there. But if you just Google Opus Partners YouTube as well, it'll be one of the first things that come up and you'll be able to watch me in my lockdown home studio explaining <laughs> these graphs, hopefully a wee bit better than we can solely with audio. You must be so pleased to be out of that now and recording in the studio again with a haircut. <laughs> It's just nice to see you again, Andrew. <laughs> Rightio, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast because it really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for 
listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 